Hello, welcome back to Creative Chit Chat. Um, we're on to episode number 44 this week and it is the Hot Chocolate Punch In Punch Out Special. So there's a little bit of context to set with that. If you're not familiar with Hot Chocolate, um, they're a youth work charity based in Dundee and they're doing some absolutely phenomenal work. They're based out of the Steeple Church, um, just in front of the Overgate. And, I mean, they sort of use creativity and, and sort of creative approaches to like, grow a community and build relationships with the young people um, who are already sort of hanging out in the city centre. And they provide sort of support and a safe space. Um, and they help them really like develop their own careers and opportunities and sort of push them forward. Um, and the work they're doing is, is absolutely amazing. Um, it was um, Andy Robertson, who's previously been on the podcast, uh, episode 16, I want to say. I'm pretty sure it's 16. Um, yeah, um, go and check out his episode if you want to find out more about um, hot chocolate and that sort of creative approach to to youth work and sort of how he's been developing that. Um, that's very much core to his role now as part of Hot Chocolate. Um, is developing the, the sort of creative program. Uh, I, he got in touch with me, we were sort of chatting, and he was like, we've got the summer program and we want to get the guys there engaged. Uh, would you come along and, and bring the sort of punch-in, punch-out format uh, that he'd seen at the Design Festival? Um, so for those of you who are not familiar with the punch-in, punch-out format, um, quick explanation... Basically, we set up a recording room. Outside that room, there's a rack of questions. Um, for this particular one, the, the theme for the summer of the Hot Chocolate programme was Future Perfect. Um, so, talking about change, ambition, uh, beauty, motivation, um, with a little bit of sci-fi sort of thrown in as well. So, you'll notice that the, the questions are, are sort of themed around that and the, and the things that we discuss are sort of loosely focused around that. Um, but yeah, so there's a rack of questions that we sort of pre-populated to start with and then we got a whole load of young people to come into the recording room after they picked a question. We then have a sort of two to three minute chat and then they get to add their own question to the board and the one they've answered gets scrapped and, and never answered again. So it means that the conversation develops and moves forward as the sessions went on. So the way that we did it with the Hot Chocolate guys uh, it was over three sessions um, while the sort of um, the the open night sessions that, that Hot Chocolate have are on which are full of energy and full of life and just young people running about left, right and centre doing activities and then you've got the other guys who are just sort of chilling out and relaxing and the atmosphere is is amazing um, it's just absolutely buzzing and electric and it's a great place to be I think um, I'm not sure when their next open night is but when that does come around I'd highly recommend just going in for a nosy um, at the very least the space that they have there is phenomenal um, but just to meet some of the guys who are working there and some of the young people and the things they're getting up to and the things they're doing it, it amazing so it's well worth a, a little visit and checking that out and if you want more context yeah definitely listen to Andy Robertson's um, episode but I mean beyond that the, the actual recordings that we got the, the conversations that were had um, absolutely blew me away um, I did have to do a little bit of poking and prodding and sort of encouraging and, and tweaking and, and pulling answers out of some of the, the young people but 
I mean, that's a new experience for me, and it's something I'm trying to do more and more with the guests. Um, it was sort of a nice little learning exercise for me. But some of the topics we covered and some of the stuff we talked about, I mean, it it, it does get deep. Um, it is a bit of an emotional roller coaster, and there's some pretty hard hitting topics. Um, but then at the same time, there's some real light hearted stuff. And it's brilliant and I'd, yeah I'm really excited to sort of put this out and I, I mean we covered so many things from life, death, suicide privilege um, like the, the benefit system, the education system failure, beauty um, data capture and like I mean it's, there's just so many things in there um, yeah I'm, I'm going to stop going on and just let's get into this episode. It's phenomenal. I hope you enjoy it. So let's do it. This is episode number 44 and it is the hot chocolate punching punch out. Fate, destiny, free will. Can we change anything? If so, what? Um, I think fate and destiny are kind of separate. You can kind of choose your fate, but you can't choose your destiny. Okay. Like if you're destined to do something, it's going to happen. Whereas your fate, you can kind of lead it in the direction you want to go. Um, whereas free will, I think it's something you probably have to fight for. I don't know, with like rights and stuff, like especially in like female or LGBT people, they've kind of got to fight for free will. Mm-hmm. And without people fighting for it, it's never going to happen. Yes. So. And I think that we can look back 10, 20 years and you can see how bad it was. Like, there's loads of great programs that just take snippets of mainstream TV, yeah. and you're just like, "Wow, I can't believe that that was the attitude of people ten years ago, twenty years ago." Um, so yeah, a lot seems to be changing. I mean, there's still a, a hell of a lot of stuff to be done. Yeah. Um, but things are starting to happen. Yeah, like if you think, look back to like the fifties, like when my gran was born, the rights that black people or or even LGBT people or women like they were so limited compared to what they are now, but there's still a long way to go. So, Have you got any thoughts on what we could be doing more of or how we address those issues better? I don't think there's any way to kind of force people to accept people of other, like, diversities and stuff, but you can kind of persuade them, so it's just a case of... I think it's just a case of trying to persuade people that we are equal, we can... We are. We do deserve the same equality as like a typically straight white man. It's not fair that we should suffer or not have the same rights as someone else would. Mm-hmm. Like you just kind of need to persuade people and be consistent. Otherwise, nothing's going to happen. I think yeah, you have to. Like, there has to be some sort of level, or they have to sort of realise that. Because I don't know. <laughs> I think everyone's got a grand that's a little bit racist. Definitely, um, <laughs> I know one one of my grands is very indirectly racist yeah, and, and homophobic. I, like, yeah, my my one of my grands is quite like that, and it wasn't until a Polish family moved in next door to her and she started to realise that they're actually lovely people and they're just the same as everyone else, and she has no reason to have any prejudice against them. Um, and I think it's things like that, that that start to change opinions and whether that's done in a sort of public art way or whether that's just happening in a person-to-person connections way. Yeah. I think that's that's how we start to make that, that happen in some respects. 
Um, but going back to the sort of the fate and the destiny aspect of it, um, do you feel like you've got control over your life? Um, I think everyone has some some form of control, but things will happen without you wanting them to, or like something will something will happen and you might not have control over it. But that's completely okay, even if it's completely chaotic. It'll always work out eventually. That's like, quite a that's quite a positive thing to say. What makes you what makes you say that? Well, like I spent a lot of like my younger teens, um, like quite down about how things weren't going my way or things weren't where I wanted them to be in life. But I kind of realise now that things are just going to happen the way they happen. There's no gonna you're not going to change it. Like there's other forces out there that stop things happening or push things forward, make things happen. Like, and you can't stop them. Like they're just kind of there and you can't do anything about it so you just gotta accept it and do you think that you you learn much from having negative experiences yeah I think that um, when something negative happens you can either learn from it or you can just be down about it and there's no point being down about it because it's not going to change anything so if you just kind of learn from it learn how to either avoid it or work with it preferably it'll make life a lot easier. So. so what's what does the future hold for you then? What's your destiny? What's your fate? I would like to think I'm destined to do something around photography. Like, I love photography. That's what I'm going for college to do. I'd like to be able to change people's point of view on just life and appreciate like small things in life essentially like things that people don't consider like to be a luxury when they actually are like waking up in a bed in the morning and having food on your plate and having a place to stay and like a lot of people just take it for granted because they have money whereas there's a lot of people out there that don't have that so it'd be nice to kind of change people's point of view and that you know you are well off even if you don't think you are you are well off Describe why the future is bad without using the word Trump. Okay. So this is about America, obviously. It's about the future. Yeah, the global superpower in the world, America, you know, is slowly taking over all the information that we have. And, you know, either selling it off to the KGB, allegedly, or doing what they want with it, which could probably be worse. So is that a bad, that bad thing? Then? Definitely. Yeah? Yeah, so it's an invasion think- of privacy, I think. The way that America treat their citizens. So... Y- do you think we should all have control over our own data? Yeah, definitely. What if I was to say, just don't use Google products then? Just don't use the products that are out yeah, there? Yeah, of course, that's how it works. Like, I don't use social media because I don't want them having all my information. Hmm. It's like Facebook, whatever, all those other sites are a little bit dodgy. And you said yourself that you you listen to podcasts and we're doing a recording right now, so I'm stealing your voice and your... But you're not concerned about about that. It's not going to have my name on it. <laughs> so as long as it's anonymized, yeah. then that's fine. So you can have a social media account and not have any of your details on it and it'd be perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. But it'd still be able to track your IP address, which is pretty local to you. It's like they're probably going to be able to determine where you live pretty fast mm-hmm. just based on your IP address. Yeah, unless you mask it. or Yeah, with a VPN. Yeah, yeah I'm sure that there's a million ways of... Uh, Getting round yeah. it. Um, <laughs> Most of them get you put on some kind of watch list, I think. 
Potentially, yeah. Depends. The NSA, <laughs> man. Telling you. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's plenty of things that get you put in those lists <laughs> and ways to get around it. Um, and yeah, people make careers out of, of doing that and hiding from the government and go to vast extents. So why are you so paranoid? But sorry, I'm sort of... Paranoid's a strong word to use. It Maybe is a strong word, not, but it's... I'd say I'd use it lightly in the sense that, like, I am paranoid about the government, like, watching me, but not because I'm doing anything wrong, but more because of the fact that they can make it look like I'm doing something wrong. So you're worried about... in certain aspects of the information and not showing the rest of it, which they can do, obviously, really easily. So you're worried about them using the data they have about you against you in order to drastically affect your life yeah. in a negative way? Uh-huh. Yeah. Kind of like a Truman Show kind of thing, where it's like they're in control of everything, but they only show the public, or, well, the public, yeah, in this case, what they want them to see. Hmm. So, so what could, do you think... So, looking forward to the future, and the way that the trends are going and the amount of data that's being captured, um, what sort of things do you think governments are going to start using that data for that falls into the category of the things that you're potentially afraid of happening. It would be like a criminal profiling where they pick out, basically they look up an internet search database and they pick out everyone who's looked up a certain kind of firearm or weapon and then they're branded not as a criminal but as a potential suspect, in which case, in the eyes of the law, no matter if they were at the scene of the crime and completely innocent, they'll be took to trial pretty instantly almost. Because if the government says you've done something, usually you've done something. And it's hard to disprove that. Mm. Especially if you've not got any online presence. Which, it's kind of a double-edged sword, because like, the less presence you have, the less you can disprove. But I think it's worth the trade-off, probably. Yeah. So do you reckon you always have this approach to, to data? Uh, yeah, I didn't always have this approach, though. Like, So what... what at what point did that change for you? What was there a significant thing that happened, or something like some realization, or it was more just the more I learned about like how much you were actually being watched that I decided to get rid of everything. And obviously, all my information's still out there, but I wasn't stupid enough to put silly things like you know everything on Facebook about my real date of birth and where I was born and where I live and stuff like that. You know, your mother's maiden name. <laughs> ben, do you not think? In the end, they'll just find it out anyway. Suppose they could. But it'd probably take a lot more work if you're deliberately hiding from them. If you could travel to any time, where would you go and why? I would travel back in time to stop my brother from taking his life. And then that would be before other people I know that done the same thing and be able to stop them too. And what do you think? Have you thought about what you would sort of say to him or what you would do? Or I would mention how many people were at his funeral and how much he impacted on everyone else's lives as well as other people. And obviously that would be quite a, a difficult thing to do yeah but I think I'd be able to do it if I had the right mindset yeah like now if I were to go back in the mind that I am I'd be able to do it 
And do you think you've, going through the experience that you have, do you think you've learned from that? I learned quite a bit, um, which kind of helped me do things from other people throughout the years. But I'd still, I still want my brother to be here. I don't have any other brothers or sisters. And there's a few other people as well that I'm, I would think that I'd want to stay here. And although that's, so it's, it's obviously a massively negative experience. Yeah. But do you think that it will, the, the things that you've learned from it will affect your life in a way that's not necessarily always going to be negative? Yeah. It has in, impacted me and changed me in ways that nothing else would be able to, but I would easily give that up for someone else's life. Give up being who I am just now, just to have my brother here, just to have my friend here. Because I think that that's more important than, a, than my own personality. And do you think you've got a drive now to speak to people or because you've got an appreciation of that sort of situation do you think you could help people that have gone through similar things or that are in similar situations yeah, now I've had um, I've helped a couple of friends in the past to stop self-harming and to promise not to try and off themselves again that's obviously a, like it's a really difficult thing to have to speak to someone about so yeah. how do you how do you approach that in a way that's not going to annoy them or anger them or frustrate I them? I mention the two metaphors that I go by. One, one of my friends told me, the other one is one that I've made myself. Mm-hmm. And the first one is the one that my friend told me is that, like, look at yourself, literally look at yourself. No mirrors, no, like, literal, no, like, meaning. Just actually look at yourself. What do you see? You see, like, fingers hand front of your body like not much else but other people they can see your face they can see the back of your head they can see all the things that you can't that's why people don't see much in themselves because they literally can't they can only see about 25 percent of what they can actually do and other people can see more potential in other people and the other one is that if you start self-harm you're starting a spark and then that spark will lead to a flame and then one day you'll be gone and other people will get the same idea of your own death and it'll spread like wildfire. So I try and be water to put out the fire because the spark started when my brother died but I chose not to self-harm and to try and be water for other people to put out the fire that he started. So how are you going to use that, that water in the rest of your life. So how, how do you take that forward from here? What's, what's your plan? What's your goals? What's your thoughts of what you'll do? To not have future? a plan to okay. flow like water. So you just be nice to everyone you meet and always push, I always push myself out there to do the most that I can because then I'm living the life that they couldn't live because they were so young when they died. Like my friend was 13 when she died. My brother was 24. 
So they still had their whole life ahead of them. So I try to put myself out there as much as possible to get as much out of life as possible and to be nice to everyone I meet because they've not done anything to me. So I am just nice to everyone. Do you think perfection exists? And what do you think? I don't really believe that perfection exists because everyone is different and there will never be any two people that are the same. Unless, of course, it's twins. Then they could possibly be the same. But uh, because everyone will be different, how can you really say what perfection is? Because what can you hold perfect as? Who can you hold up to be perfect? You can't really place perfect on anybody due to that because mm. everyone will be different. So you'll never be able to find anyone that's actually perfect themselves because everyone will be that different. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good point. Um, so why do you think that a lot of people strive for perfection? Because you hear a lot of folk like talking about it and trying to be and have that perfect image or look or whatever. Why do you think we're, we're so driven to, to try and get that? I think people are so driven to get that because they want to fit in with the trends and actually become the most popular types of people. So to try and do that, they want to be perfect so, so that they blend in better and more people will actually like them more. But that's what they think, being perfect will make people like them more and to do more as well. So what, I mean, I know that the perfect can't be attained from, from what you said, um, but if you were to sort of look at what makes a person good or great, what sort of qualities do you think someone like that's close to perfection that isn't there because that's not achievable what sort of qualities do you think they would possess? Uh, I think the qualities that they would possess themselves would just be kindness being passionate enjoying life as it should be as well Education is the passport to the future how does this prepare you or not for the future? Education prepares you by giving you qualifications, but they don't really tell you how to use them. So like, you get given your qualifications at the end of doing all this hard work at school, but when you actually walk out with them, just because you've got them doesn't mean you're prepared to do anything with them. You're not told how to write a CV and hand it in or how to act in an interview. You're giving kids a basic idea of this is what you need and this is how you're going to do it but when you get into the real world that's not how it works it's not learn exam it's learn on the job and hope for the best because in the end you're not going to actually complete anything by trying to learn before you do it because you never get the chance so do you think it's so like colleges and universities and schools is it their responsibility to prepare you for the real world i think like schools needs to prepare you for college and uni because at school you get hand-fed everything. You know, you get to sit in a classroom and your teacher will help you along with it. And then you go to college and all of a sudden they don't care whether you pass or fail because they've not got expectations to hand up to for the government to get their funding. They're told, well, you can take this many people on. If they've got interest, then go for it. And it's same for uni. If you've got your qualifications to go to uni, they don't really care whether you pass or fail because you're going to either drop out, give in, or run out of money. So it's whoever wants to get there that's going to do it. And they're the ones that will work so hard to pass. Whereas the ones that don't care will just give up.
So what's looking to your future? What do you want out of it? I want to be able to secure money for myself. I don't want to have to go and work three or four jobs doing crazy hours on minimum wage because at the end of the day I'm going to be exhausted and never have time for myself and all the money's ever going to get spent on is paying rent and transport fees which currently is exactly what I'm doing and I absolutely hate it. So how do you get yourself out of that cycle then? You either educate yourself and get further or you just quit playing the game and fall back on the state which I think is kind of the worst bit because knowing that right now if I wasn't doing anything and I was on the state I'd be earning more than I do working the hours I do now but because I'm working I'm earning less than I should same as because I'm living at home and not costing the government anything I'm costing myself money so when I left school I left school because I had to further my education and I couldn't do it at school and it meant I was losing out it worked on almost a thousand a pound a year for going to college at first and when you actually put the costs in to get to college because it's so much further away and it, I don't get free transport to go educate myself anymore because I don't live in the same city I'm losing even more so whereas before I was getting £30 a week I'm now getting £30 a month to live off so you can see where it's like hurting people that want to try and are trying to do the better thing by not allowing them to kind of do it at the same time so it essentially feels like you're being penalised for... For working. <laughs> yeah, and actually making an effort and yeah. contributing to society by paying your taxes and having however many yeah. <laughs> yeah, jobs it's, and contributions. It's crazy because I know when I go to uni, instead of being able to go, well, I have no job, I have no money, because I've started working, because I've started saving up, I have the option of going and buying a flat with a mate that can then fund me and him both going to uni by the other person that's staying there paying the mortgage. But and is, is university like the only answer to that? Because I want to be an architect, yeah. Otherwise, you've got to try and gain an apprenticeship. And architect apprenticeships are practically nil now. No one really wants them. So what do you think it takes to succeed at anything? Some form of motivation, like, I know myself, if I've not got something to motivate me, I'll just sit and do nothing, and then eventually, because I've done nothing for so long, I don't want to do anything else. Like, over the summer, I started to really get bored and dull, and didn't want to do anything, I just wanted to lay in bed, and I finally got my driving lesson started again, and now I have motivation to finish summer, hopefully with a driving license that'll allow me to go advance myself more even though it's going to cost me probably three four grand a year for the first three four years to actually own a car and a driving license yeah i mean the, the way that society is set up is that privilege comes with money yeah. and if you you don't have that infrastructure around you to provide that then you don't have the same opportunities as other people it's i mean kind of unfair. are there any any things that I mean, you would think that would help to start solving this problem? I think. Or, I mean, you've described like, many, many problems. So, I mean, yeah, is there anything that you you think could put us in the right direction to start solving some of them at least? 
I think if kids were taught that you don't just get things given to you, you can't just go in school and get money. You can't just leave school and get money for doing nothing. Like, if they started applying the same to school as they do to foreign students that come in across to study uni and get in bursaries, um, that if they pass, then they don't have to pay it back. If they fail, they've got to. I think it's kind of that sort of idea that might motivate people more to stay focused and educate themselves and then they'll be able to go and do more jobs which means we don't have to pull so many workers across from other countries that stops our jobs which stops people going on to the state in the first place which will reduce the government's money they're having to spend which will allow government to subsidize for people who can't work okay failure is not an option true or false I would say that's true. I so think you don't think you can ever fail? Not really. I think you can stumble. I mean, sure, some people could say that Hitler failed in World War Two, but did he really? He changed the world, so... And that's what he aimed to do anyway. He wanted to change the world, it just didn't change in the way that he wanted. So... So how would you define... Fail- if you're right, how would you define failure? Failure is... I don't even know. Failure's like giving up on something and it's incomplete. Okay. Like that. I suppose I would think it's like an inability to complete a task or to complete an objective. Um, so I would, I would sort of argue that that failure does happen that it is possible to fail, but it's always possible to recover. Hmm. You think? Uh, no. I'm still sticking with failure is not an option. <laughs> I don't think you should ever give up trying, really. Yeah, but so if I ask you to jump two metres in the air... In the next 30 seconds. Well, I could. You couldn't fail at that. Well, I may not succeed the first time, but I'd keep on going and trying. Failure's just a word. Yeah. Whether I define my first jump as a failure or a first attempt. (laughs) You're just redefining what, what failure is. In some way, because if you're saying, okay, I, which is a massively positive way to look at it, things to do, because, like, I'd, I would say I'd fail every day, whether that's, like, failing to remember something, like, walking into a room and going, I have just no idea why I came in here, um, or failing to get as much work finished as I hoped I would, or, I don't know, I mean, there's the, you fail every single day, but I think what's more important is what you do after that. So if you, so you've obviously come across things that you've not been able to do or achieve. So how do you stay so? How do you stay positive, and drive yourself forward after something like that happens? I just look for other ways to achieve my goal. I mean, recently, I had two performers drop out of a drag show. Um, so I postponed it, and I said, well, it's obviously not the right time. It's if I try to put on this show, then we probably won't get a big audience. So what I'll do is I'll put it on hold just now. 
Uh, I'll go through to Glasgow, I'll go through to Edinburgh, I'll get myself a name there, make friends so that they'll come through, they'll perform in the shows. And then we'll get a bigger audience, we'll get more money. What do you think keeps you so positive? A lifetime of disappointment. (laughs) (laughs) But then surely that would just make... I mean, that would make a lot of people miserable. That would make them broken. Like They wouldn't have as a positive an outlook as you do. So I don't understand what what is it that, that keeps you going, what keeps you positive. I haven't died yet. So <laughs> surely whatever I've encountered is not that bad. My mum always says, what's the worst thing that will happen to you? Like, if I fail an exam, what's the worst? I just don't pass the exam. Um, I'll go back and reset it. Um, it's not as if... The adjudicator or the what's it called? the invigilator is going to like drag me outside and shoot me in the forehead. It is what it is. At the end of the day, most things do not result in death. So, if I'm not going to die, then it's a pretty good situation. Hmm. I mean, it took me a long time to sort of come to that sort of conclusion that anything you don't succeed at, there are other ways around. You can overcome it. You can still get there. It just might not happen first time. At what point in your life do you think that realisation came for you? I would probably say around about 14, 15. And do you think there was something in particular that triggered that? I'd have to say my sexuality. Because, well, I'm not straight. Um, And so sort of looking at all these straight couples, everything like that, and that was the way it was supposed to be. So I just sort of said to myself, well, it's not meant to be for me. And then, but that's the thing, I mean, I think to myself, I mean, if I find somebody, I find somebody. If I don't, I don't. I mean, I'm not going to let it get me down. I'm going to have fun living my life. I'm going to go out and party. I wish I'd had that sort of <laughs> amazingly positive outlook, like, 15 years ago. That'd been amazing. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd, and I think... You're you set yourself apart from the norm because, like, there's not a lot of people who have that understanding that early in life, and that positivity, like unwavering positivity, that early in life. Going forward for the future for you, what's your plan? What do you want to do? What do you want to achieve? Well, right now I'm working with the council and I'm enjoying it. I'm earning money, everything like that. I guess I would like to expand on my drag. Um. Maybe meet the one. If not, I mean... Who cares? I can get 50 dogs. I can become a dog man. (laughs) And then, you know, just sort of, I don't know, enjoy life. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm only 20. (laughs) Yeah. So what does does enjoying life mean to you then? Having fun and not taking anything too seriously. The minute I I start to take things seriously, I'll know I'm a grown-up and I don't want to become a grown-up. I want to be like Peter Pan, the boy who never grew up. <laughs> I don't think anyone really wants to become a grown-up. There's just things in life that happen that means you have more responsibilities. Ah, oh, no, see, there's the difference between being mature and being a grown-up. Being a grown-up's boring. Being mature is sensible. Okay, expand a little bit on that, because I'm not sure which one I am. <laughs> well, mature means that, yes, although you are getting older... You've got an understanding, but you've not got to that point where life's broken you down. When you've grown up, you've essentially reached 
the peak. That's it. <laughs> the peak. The peak's a sort of strange phrase to use because it seems like it's from the, the goal. From that, it's the from, that pinnacle. from that point onwards, it's it's all downhill. There's nothing more you can do. You've grown up. Like, because everyone always asks you, "What do you want to be when you're when you're grown up?" If you achieve everything, you're grown up, and if you're grown up by like age thirty, then there's nothing much more you can do. You know what I mean. Oh no. Um, okay, so what is beauty? Um, I think beauty is kind of a feeling rather than a vision, if you, well, if you get what I mean, like rather than, like, you see beauty, but it can, I think it's more of the feeling that's caused when you like see, hear, whatever it is. If something makes you feel good, I think that could be classed as beauty rather than a standard of oh that thing looks good I guess it's beauty but everyone's opinion's different so I guess it's just whatever makes you feel good when you think about it so beauty so, is different to everyone then definitely I don't think any person people can share similar opinions on what they find to be beauty but everyone has their own opinion like I might not like something someone else finds to be beauty but someone else might not like what I think is beauty okay so give me some examples of the things that you think are beautiful or that contain beauty uh styles of music I guess okay like what um I mean I like a lot of instrumental music and I like a mix of music but I think instrumental music if done well is quite a strong impact on how it can affect your emotions but then other I know other people who'll find the same opinions in like heavy metal music that I might find pretty horrible as much as I do like some heavy metal so why do you think we interpret things so differently I don't actually know I mean that's kind of like one of the ultimate questions really is why are our brains different um i guess it's just how we've lived our lives and what we've tuned into and how we interpret it and how we find ourselves relating to it i guess yeah i think we the sort of you live your life based upon the experiences and the thing that you things that you know yeah and the things that you've learned all your experiences contribute to how future experiences are going to feel to you. Yeah, that's an amazing way to find it. says, where do you find hope for the future? I find hope for the future in tiny little things. Okay. But great big massive things at the same time. Like what? Like, I have this friend who I met about six months ago now. And six months ago, it took me three days to get her to leave her house simply to go to Asda, which is a 10-minute walk from her house. Now she goes out by herself and meets up with friends and does stuff like that. So that gives me hope for the future, seeing that people can change in such a little amount of time in the grand scheme of things. So was it you that, that sort of instigated that? And sort of- oh, yeah. She tried to, like, completely disown me for, like, three months and I just kept showing up at her door and calling her phone and didn't give her a chance to go back to the way she'd been before why did you do that 
because everyone needs a little bit of help. Everyone needs a little bit of hope. And if their little bit of hope and help is me pulling them out the front door, then I'll help them. Even if it means that like you, she might have never spoken to you again. Mm-hmm. Or Even then. You'd be willing to take, that, to take that risk? Yeah. We had a whole period of time she didn't speak to me at all. It's and now bad. she's my best friend. <laughs> so there you go. Going back to that, do you see that as a little thing? Because you said you like little things, you like big things. Is that a little thing or a big thing? It's both. Because it's little things that have went up to a big thing. Okay. Like three days going to Asda then turned into a day and a half. And then that just turned into five minutes of me going, oh, do you want to go? Do you want to go out? And then that turned into her asking me to come out. And then that turned into her going out by herself with pals. So what else gives you hope for the future then? So I work in a salon, right? And you see people coming in day in, day out, but you see people coming back day in, day out. Mm. And it's people always having that thing to fall back on in a way that they can go and speak. So we have people that come in not to get their hair done, just to speak to us. We have old women that come in once a week and they come in and it can sometimes be the only time they get out of their house that week. But it's something to get them out of their house and to make them feel better. Okay, so what's your plans for the future then? For the future? Become a fully qualified hairdresser. Okay. Um, just be happy and love life and travel as far as I can go. And wow, that was the young people of Hot Chocolate. Um, <laughs> such a good collection of of chats and so many brilliant perspectives and a sort of insight to the the difficulties of of, of being a young person in Dundee and, and I mean I suppose a young person anywhere at the moment. Yeah, I mean it, there's real positivity, there's real buzz, there's real life about it and, and proper energy there, um which is really exciting. Yeah, it bodes bodes well for the future that we've got such a, a sort of a positive contingent of young people out there. So yeah, I mean, I I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I want to say thanks to everyone who came um, to the hot chocolate sessions and uh, answered questions, and also to Andy Robertson for helping make that happen, um, put that together, and, and sort of asking me to come along um, and do that. But yeah, so if you enjoy the podcast um, and you don't already, get on to at CCC Dundee on Twitter and on Instagram and fire on the Facebook group as well. It's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash CCC Dundee. Um, if you do want to support the podcast, it's CCC Dundee forward slash store where you can see all the prints and badges that are available um, and all the purchases of those go towards keeping this podcast running um, and helping me cover some of the costs. Um, yeah so that's pretty much it for this week Um, the whole uh, concept of the hot chocolate episode was based around future perfect so drop me a tweet and yeah tell me what your idea of future perfect is 
So leave me that. And until next week, goodbye.